Listener Production. Hello, and you are very welcome to another episode of Huff Science Explained with me, Ellen Fidian, a science journalist with Cosmos Magazine. Each week, twice a week, we answer life's questions, big or small. And today, we are getting fired up with the science of fireworks, or as I like to think of them, how to end your year with a bang. I never get sick of a good fire show. Whether you're sprinkling icing sugar over a birthday candle to make a little crackle, or lighting up the whole Sydney Harbour Bridge, I'm there and I'm ooing and ahhing with the best of them. In fact, there was a period at uni when I wanted to be a pyrotechnician, someone who makes firework displays. But after learning to do smaller fire shows at a science museum, someone offered me a full-time job doing fire shows, among other things, for high schools. Since then, I've never quite got around to taking time off work to get myself trained in pyrotechnics. Maybe one day. I have also considered moving to the Northern Territory to join their riotous Territory Day cracker celebrations. I'm told it puts New Year's down south to shame. Fireworks are more than just rockets that go bang. They need a lot of careful physics and chemistry to work, and especially to display all the gorgeous shapes and colours we're used to seeing in the sky. How do fireworks work? Most modern fireworks are mortar tubes, which are filled with round or cylindrical shells. The shells are made of stars. Obviously, I don't mean literal stars. Stars are what pyrotechnicians call the small chunks of metal and gunpowder that make the fire happen in the sky. The metal, or rather metal salts, is what decides the colour of the fireworks. If you ever did flame tests with a Bunsen burner in high school, you might remember that metals burn at different colours. Copper goes bluish-green, potassium goes violet, and sodium goes a nice warm yellowish-orange, for instance. This is because of the atomic structure of each individual element. When you put energy in, the electrons inside the atom jump about at very specific distances. The distance they jump causes the colour of light they produce. So if you pack a whole heap of copper carbonate into your fireworks stars, you'll get lovely turquoise fireworks. If you're after red, you might try strontium nitrate instead. The gunpowder is an age-old recipe, dating back to at least 9th century China. Potassium nitrate, sulfur and charcoal, all combined in very precise amounts, cause an explosive chemical reaction when ignited. All that carbon, nitrogen and oxygen in the solid ingredients really wants to form gases, the super-stable nitrogen gas and carbon dioxide. Just a little spark of energy and the reaction happens quickly, making a whole heap of gas, heat, and light. Because gases take up a lot more room than solid ingredients, this rapid expansion can fire a rocket into the air and make a sonic boom as the gases speedily expand. This is what causes the bang in fireworks. The metal colourings and the explosive gunpowder are rolled or pressed into pellets or spheres to make stars. Clever pyrotechnicians can roll different metals and amounts of gunpowder into different layers to produce different effects. This is how you get fireworks that change colour and glitter or flash in the sky. The stars are then packed into shells, and again, the arrangement of stars can decide how the firework looks. You might have one layer of stars that burn red with bright trails, and one layer that flash gold to create a firework-in-firework effect. 
These firework patterns all have fun names like peony, chrysanthemum, dragon egg and palm tree. Look them up and see if you can spot a few different ones at New Year's. The shells are packed into tubes, a bit like cannons. A fuse is lit at the bottom and the shell zooms through the air. While it's zooming, you might hear a This is a whistle added to the shell. The whistle is a tube partially filled with one of a number of very volatile substances. As these substances burn and release gas, the tube resonates and makes a clear note, much like a harmonica or a flute. The crackle you sometimes hear at the end is also deliberate. It's carefully made granules of metal and metal oxide that burn and bang quickly in small amounts to get that rattle. Quiet fireworks skip the whistles and the crackles and use stars that burn a bit more slowly, meaning they don't explode with a boom. These fireworks look a bit different. You might see more comets that fizzle out rather than big round balls of flame. How long have we had fireworks? Modern firework displays are absolute feats of computing and chemistry. Everything is timed and calculated to the microsecond to get the performance you're after. But fireworks are probably over a millennium old. They were invented in China, following on quickly from the invention of gunpowder. Records from the Chinese imperial court show firecrackers were being used to herald the arrival of a Chinese emperor by the early 12th century. As well as rockets, Chinese folk attached the crackers to kites and wheels. China is still the world's largest user and maker of fireworks. A couple of centuries later, fireworks had spread across the old world. The Italians were particularly fond of attaching fireworks to one part of a wheel suspended on a rope over a town square. When set off, the wheel spun around in a sparkly whirl. While Katy Perry's song is absolutely a banger, my favourite firework music is about 250 years older. Handel's music for the Royal Fireworks had a much more explosive premiere than Katy Perry. Handel composed it for the English King George II's firework display in 1749. The idea was there'd be a bout of music, then a bout of fireworks, then another bout of music, and so on. The weather was rainy on the day of the premiere, meaning a lot of the fireworks misfired and disappointed spectators. Then one of the fireworks burned brightly enough to set a whole pavilion on fire and the crowd fled in panic. Despite the chaos, attendees reported that the music itself was pretty good. I like to listen to it while I'm writing podcast scripts. Should we keep using them? The Handel story does raise an important problem. While they're very pretty, fireworks are not the safest form of entertainment. Obviously, they're a fire hazard. You might remember the arguments about whether firework displays should go ahead during New Year's Eve 2019, when the horrific Black Summer bushfires were in full swing. Even when they were being done over very non-flammable places, like the water in Sydney Harbour, some people thought it was a bad look. Fireworks are super tightly regulated in Australia, meaning there aren't many bushfire incidents. But in other places like the US, fireworks spark wildfires much more frequently. Plus, all that burning metal and soot ends up in the atmosphere, which can cause smog and local pollution. In Indian cities, there has been a recorded increase in breathing problems in the days following Diwali, when fireworks abound. Besides that, the noises can be alarming to local wildlife. 
We're now getting better and better at making drone light shows. Not only can drones make shapes in the air that fireworks can't, they're much quieter and reusable. But I don't want to label drones with all their plastic and precious metal as hyper-sustainable either. And I think it's going to be very, very hard to knock a thousand-year-old tradition completely, particularly one that's harmless for most people. While the days of fireworks for personal use may be numbered, I think we'll be seeing New Year's displays for some time. Now you know how fireworks happen, I hope your New Year starts with a bang. The latest in science news, don't forget to check out the Science Briefing, also available here on the ListNet. And head to cosmosmagazine.com for more science just like this. Otherwise, we'll be back again next time for another Half Science Explained.